Hello, I'm Jacob Kruger, and this is the Write Your Screenplay Podcast. This week, we're going to be talking about Dune. Oh, Dune. This is a film adaptation that has brought some of the greatest filmmakers ever to their knees. So why is it so hard to transcend the challenges of this source material? Why is a film that is nearly all exposition still being labeled as unclear? when the writers are literally spending every moment of the film in some kind of voiceover telling the audience, hey guys, this is what's happening. Why does this audience still not know what's happening with so much exposition? Why does a film that is so extraordinarily beautiful, so gorgeous, so incredible to look at, why does it feel so boring and hard to connect to? And why does a film that is actually trying so hard to make a sci-fi for adults, that is trying so hard to deal with real-world issues and real characters and complexities and politics, right, and not offer simplistic solutions, why is a film that's trying so hard with such positive intentions ultimately seeming so predictable and, dare I say, even cliché? Well, there are a lot of challenges in adapting Dune. Uh, challenges that you're going to go through, too, if you're working on an adaptation. Challenges that you're going to go through, too, if you're trying to tell a big story. Uh, challenges that you're going to go through, too, if you are shifting point of view. Challenges that you are going to go through, too, if you are trying to take something very big and make it very small. Screenplays are small. A screenplay is 105 pages. Even a two, two and a half hour movie like Dune, you're really still talking about 150 pages. So how do you take a 900 page novel and crush it down into a 150 page screenplay? Or probably what should be a 120 page screenplay. Or even maybe a 105 page screenplay. How do you take that all and squash it down so it's actually going to work? How do you take the things that novels do really well, which are different from the things that screenplays do really well, and translate them into a form that can work in a movie? How do you stay true to the intentions of the author when this novel has actually inspired generations of sci-fi movies? When you're actually dealing with cliches that weren't cliche when the writer wrote them, that have only become cliche because they've been adapted and used and inspired so many sci-fi writers. How do you stay loyal to the intentions of a beloved book while also updating it and making it make sense for today's audience? How do you make Dune into a 2021 movie? And I wish I could say that these three very experienced, very talented writers on Dune had achieved that. But in my opinion, they did not. And where they fell short is oddly not in the hard stuff. 
Where they fell short was in the simple stuff. The same places that you as a writer are likely to struggle if you're new. And it's an interesting thing. You know, we think sometimes you write 100 screenplays and suddenly you're going to know how to do this, right? Suddenly you're not going to need help. Suddenly it's just gonna all going to work because you have experience. But the truth is every screenplay is like a new baby. And especially when our goals get really lofty, when we're not just trying to tell the truth, when we're trying to tell doom, when we're not just trying to make an entertainment movie, we're trying to make a great movie, right? When, when our goals get so high, right? When we, we're not just trying to tell the best version of Dune we can, we're also trying to do an homage to the 1984 version while also correcting all the mistakes of the 1984 version while also taking everything to the next level while also being the new Star Wars, right? When our our goals get this big, what happens? We lose our fundamentals. And our fundamentals are actually what allow us to be great writers. And so we're going to go over some of the fundamentals of Dune. I want you to understand where the writers lost track of their fundamentals. And I want you to understand how by getting back to your fundamentals, how your main character drives the story, how you deal with exposition, how you externalize the internal, how you make those hard choices when you're adapting rather than trying to adapt the whole story, trying to adapt the spirit of the story, how you use theme to focus you, right? How by getting back to those fundamentals, you could take the beautifully problematic script for Dune and turn it into a successful one. Please rate and review us and then come join me for a free class every single Thursday night. You can RSVP and find out more at writeyourscreenplay.com slash Thursday. What's interesting is the direction of Dune, the costume design of Dune, the set design of Dune, the world building of Dune. These elements of the story are working. In fact, they're working so beautifully. They're so focused. They're so professionally handled, right? They're so they're so transcendent that there are moments that you can kind of fall in love with Dune even when what's happening underneath in the script isn't working. But as the script rolls on for its two and a half hours, the breathtaking beauty of the images starts to become less compelling. You start to feel the drone. You start to feel the predictability. You start to feel the whole thing just kind of slow down. So... Let's talk about why. What's going on? Okay. The first problem of Dune, plain and simple, is exposition. You may have noticed that literally every scene in this movie is explaining something to the audience from the very beginning. So if if we just start, we have these gorgeous images, right? These gorgeous images of this horrible war. But what's really happening is voiceover. Voiceover is telling us, look, 
here's what happened. These horrible people were mining for spice, and spice is really important because it's both a hallucinogen and also something necessary for intergalactic travel. So it's super important. It's the most expensive, most valuable commodity. And then you have this oppressed people, and this oppressed people rose up, and then they were getting slaughtered by the bad guys, and then the bad guys suddenly up and leave. And you're like, okay, I've got it. I'm ready for the movie to start. But then the movie does not start. What happens instead is we get more exposition. We get scenes created just to create exposition. So for example, we meet Paul, the main character, and Paul is with his mom. And we are watching his mom try to train him how to use the voice. <laughs> so she's trying to train him how to use the voice. But what we're watching, what we're actually watching is a scene about, would you pass me a glass of water? Would you pass me a glass of water? Make me pass it. Use the voice. Okay, by the way, your dad needs you in dress clothes. That's what actually happens in the scene. You have a scene that's just been created that's not a scene that has any import for the main character, right? So we're being introduced to a main character who already doesn't want anything, already isn't showing anything about his how, except that he's not great at using the voice, and isn't in a situation where anything's going on that really matters to him. You're meeting a character who is mush, and why is he mush? He's mush because the scene doesn't exist for the character. The scene exists for the audience. The scene exists because the writers are going, hey, we need a scene to establish for the audience that there's this thing called the voice because later on at the end of the movie, his big change is he's going to finally use the voice. <sighs> Don't write a scene about a glass of water. Write a scene that's fun. Don't introduce your character with a scene about mom wants to train him. Introduce your character with a scene about what does he want or what does she want? What do they want? What are they going for? What are the obstacles that stand in their way? But we're like, okay, I got it. So there's been this weird withdrawal and now there has been, there is this thing called the voice. Okay, we got it. Whew, thank God we got through that exposition. Let's let the show start but the show doesn't start. We then have a practice fighting scene. And I'm going from memory. I might not have this totally in order, but we then have a practice fighting scene. And what's the whole purpose of the practice fighting scene? The whole practice fighting scene is just there to establish for the audience that there are these cool things called shields, right? And that even though the shields will protect you from a blade, that the slow blade can pierce the shield. And why is that important? Why is it important to know that the slow blade can, can pierce the field? Because the writers are setting up for later. Because later on, sorry for the spoiler, later on, dad's going to die with a slow needle piercing through his armor. It's all set up. It is not starting the story. In fact, the character doesn't want anything in that scene either. 
Okay, so I got it. We're through the exposition. Thank God. I'm ready for the piece to start. I know I got this weird battle that I heard narrated by a woman's voice who's a member of that of the people who live on Dune. Okay, and then we switch point of views, and now I know that I've got there's some weird thing called the voice. There's a mom who wants to prepare him. There's a son who's a little bit ambivalent. And there's this armor that has this one weakness. Whew, okay. Well, that was a lot of exposition, but I got it. Let's let the show start. But the show doesn't start. What happens instead? Instead of starting, we have another exposition scene. Paul's father, who we pretty much know is as good as dead from the moment we meet him. Paul's father shows up to tell Paul all the exposition about why he wants to go to Dune. The exposition about how he doesn't trust the emperor. The exposition about how he wants to harness desert power in his fight against the emperor. Is that the exposition about how he suspects that perhaps the emperor is playing a game that he's been given Dune because he's become strong and now he needs to make a bond with the residents of Dune. And Paul says, well, you know, what, what if I don't want this? And dad says, don't worry, kid. I went through the same stuff. Eventually you will. And Paul goes, okay. And Paul says, dad, I want to go on this early flight. I want to get to Dune early because I've had this dream, Dad. This dream where the man who I really have the strongest relationship with, you know, Drogo from Game of Thrones, I, I had this vision where he died and I want to protect him. And Dad goes, no. And you think, oh, thank God, the show is going to finally start. The show is going to start. He's going to go early. He's going to defy his father. He's going to go on a journey. But he doesn't. What happens instead is he goes, okay. And why does he go, okay? Because the writers aren't actually doing the fundamentals of storytelling. The writers are so busy setting stuff up for the audience, setting up all this complication for the audience that they've forgotten about the real job of a screenwriter, which is to create drama. And where does drama come from? Well, as David Mamet call, says, what does her want? What happens if her don't get it? The way I like to look at this is, what does the character want and how are they trying to get it and what's getting in their way? And the challenge with this character is, the only thing he kind of wants, he's barely trying for, which is to go protect this guy he cares about. He's barely trying for it. The only thing he wants is a not want. He kind of doesn't really want to inherit all this from his dad. He doesn't want to be in charge. But we don't know what he does want, and he's not doing anything actively to pursue it. He kind of doesn't really want his mom's training, but he's just kind of taking it. And so we end up with a passive main character. Character doesn't want anything. And you might make the argument, well, Actually, isn't that kind of cool to have a passive main character? I mean, here's this guy from this really rich family who kind of lives under the thumb of his mom and his dad. 
His mom is manipulating him for her own plans. You know, she wants him to get in the best possible college, you know, and dad wants him to take over the family business. I'm exaggerating. I'm teasing, but right. Like, okay, this kid maybe isn't so different than a lot of kids from really wealthy families, right? Who feel the weight of all their responsibility of who they're supposed to be, but maybe don't have a strong sense of who they are. And we've been promised the hallucinogen of spice and a kid who has dreams. And we might start to think, oh, well, maybe we're going to meet a kid who doesn't really know what he wants, who's going to eventually start to learn what he wants, who's going to eventually start to learn to understand his own destiny. And that would actually be a beautiful journey. But what's happening is the exposition is destroying the ability to do that. You could establish that kid in three scenes. Get that kid to Dune and kill everybody. Because quite frankly, that's what we know is going to happen. The plan of the emperor that all this time is being spent doesn't actually make any sense. So we're doing all this work laying in exposition, right? To understand the complexities of a politics that are not even sensible. You've got the bad guys already in charge of the planet and you got the good guys at home. Why are you going to put the good guys in charge of the most powerful, valuable substance? Why are you going to piss off the bad guys and then loan your own troops to the bad guys so that the bad guys can go kill the good guys? It's not necessary. You literally could just be like, okay, guys, here are some troops. Kind of need your help. Let's go kill these guys. Or... Just send your own troops since you have the very best troops in the galaxy. Troops that are so good that they need to ask for them in order to win. You got the doctor's wife. So you could just as easily lower the shields there as here. And so what's really happening is all this exposition, all this complicated exposition, right? in these long, still, pensive, important, serious, don't you see how important this movie is? Don't you see how serious and complicated it is? It's all for nothing. It's all for nothing because you're establishing a bunch of shit that we don't even need to know. Because when it comes down to it, you could do this in five minutes. And do you know how you know? You know, from Dead Poets Society, because in Dead Poets Society, Neil is the same kid. He's a kid from a rich family under the thumb of his parents. And in two minutes, you understand, what does Neil want? He wants to do the yearbook. And what happens? Dad goes, no. And you know what happens? Neil crumbles. And two minutes, you're in. You got it. You could do the exact same thing in this movie. You don't need a whole scene to establish that the slow blade passes through the shield. No. You can just show that happening during one of these battles. You don't even need one line to establish the emperor's tricks. We don't even know who the emperor is yet. We could meet the emperor next episode. Just like in Star Wars, we don't know there's some emperor above Darth Vader in Star Wars episode four, right? We don't know that. We're going to find out about him in The Empire Strikes Back. 
we could meet our incredible floating dude who's just been robbed of his planet, who wants it back. We could see the drama of this doctor who loves his wife, but has to leave her to go to this planet far away to protect this boy and his father, who he also loves and cares for. We could dramatize the boy who really wants to go ahead. We don't even need the visions because the visions are going to happen later in the movie. We could just show a piece of them. We don't need to explain them or we could even cut them. We just need a kid who wants to be with the real father in his life. The guy who really has spent time with him the guy who he really cares about, who's off fighting this weird war without him, who really just wants to go do that and can't go, who can't stand up to his father's plans or his mother's plans, who's not really prepared for what his legacy is. We could meet this kid in five minutes. We could send them without ever knowing that a betrayal is afoot. We could send them to this new world. We could let him experience this new world. We don't need a false jeopardy about how they've been left with stuff that's never going to work because they're going to be attacked that night. And it's never going to matter that that stuff isn't going to work. It doesn't matter for the structure. We just need him to start to fall in love with the place. We need to see something get awakened in this kid who can't stand up to anybody. Similarly, we need the scene with the hand, right? The scene with the hand is awesome. But watch the 1984 version for all that's wrong with that version. What's beautiful about that scene is that the woman who is speaking to him is generating the pain. She is speaking the pain to it. She is summoning it. She is hypnotically suggesting it. In this version, we just get to see Timothy Chalamet fake pain. There's no interpersonal exchange between the two. We can have this incredible scene with the hand, but we don't need all the exposition of your father and your mother and she has a plan and she works for us, but she also works for your dad, but she's also his concubine. And by the way, the emperor I control, but you don't know that I control them because I do this, but I'm also doing that. And I'm trying to protect you, but I'm also trying to betray you. We don't need all of that. Adaptation. Adaptation is a process of holding on to what's beautiful in a novel. But it's also a process of letting go. Adaptation is a process of connecting to the drama in a novel. But it's not a process of explaining to your audience because an amazing thing happens when you explain crap to your audience, which is the more you explain, the less they understand. The more you clearly lay it out for them, the more your audience goes, huh? Because when you are just focusing on exposition, what happens is you lose drama. And when you lose drama, you lose connection and your audience ends up going passive 
right? They're like a student in a boring history class going, oh, look at the pretty spaceship. What were they saying again? When you create scenes that are designed to inform the audience rather than to drive the main character's story forward, what happens is we stop caring about your main character and we lose the sense of the drama in the piece. And the truth is in Dune, all of this is for nothing because all that time could have been used. Imagine, imagine that we meet this kid who can't stand up to anyone. We have a little bit of room for him to have an experience on Dune. He comes back home. We have some time to build a relationship between him and the doctor who cares for him. Between him and the men who trained him, who he loves. Between him and the father that he can't connect to. Between him and the mother who seems to have her own plans that he'll never understand, even though she's the only person whose love he really is confident in, in the world. Perhaps we even cast a woman who is age-appropriate to mother him. And imagine we send that person on a journey where he can connect to what spice is and what spice does for him. Where he can start to find a feeling of purpose outside of his father's thumb and his mother's thumb only to come home and everything is taken from him. In Dune, what actually happens is the biggest journey, right? The thing that we've been waiting for is him to finally find these people of Dune, to actually connect to them. But the actual plot of the story is designed to make that easier. They literally pick him up on a plane and drop him where he needs to go. As opposed to allowing him to go on that journey under his own power to start to make some choices, to start to choose when to listen to his mom and when to ignore her, or to start to fall under her thumb and her plans because he needs the voice to free himself, right? If we could just focus on the drama rather than all the information, we'd have a better story. And similarly, what we end up finding out at the end of the piece is the doctor informs dad, look, dude, they have my wife. They've been torturing her. Didn't have a choice. Had to betray you. Sorry. By the way, here's a tooth just in case you uh, need to wreak some revenge of your own. So sorry. A character that we've barely known, who's sadly a little bit of an Asian stereotype, a character who's actually the only character to take a, make a big choice and commit to a big action in the movie. It's a character we have no connection to with a wife that we've never met. So again, you have an option, right? You can extract that. You can throw it away. I don't need it. Let's focus on the main character. Who cares how the shields came down? Who cares if the shields came down? The doctor's going to be dead in a scene anyway. We don't actually need that element. We can just find a cooler way for them to infiltrate, or honestly, we cannot explain it at all. We can just see these badass people show up and do these horrible things. We don't need the exposition. All we need is the action. And we would actually understand more about Dune 
Or if you love that betrayal, if you love that moment, then you take it and you work backwards and you go, okay, so we need to fall in love with him. We need to fall in love with his wife. We need to see the moment where some, he, where he realizes his wife isn't there. We need to see the moment, even if we don't understand it, where he receives something that scares him. We need to see his relationship, his feelings, his choices, so that we can understand that act of betrayal of this family that he loves, so that it actually has some emotional value in the piece. Structure. Structure comes down to some very simple things. It comes down to characters who want stuff who are trying to get it against huge obstacles. And this character's got all the obstacles in the world. He's got a mom he can't stand up to, who's like the most powerful person in the universe. He's got a dad he can't stand up to, who has the best positive intentions for his son and for his world, but who's casting his son in a role he doesn't understand. He's got He's got his best relationship, his closest relationship is with a man who works for his father who's being sent off on an incredibly dangerous mission that he can't be part of and who's ultimately going to give his life for him. He's got dreams that he does not understand, which unfortunately we get explained to us. He's got dreams that are beautifully visual that he doesn't understand. He has premonitions that he doesn't know how to make sense of. He's got a weird woman with a box who seems to have a plan for him that he doesn't even know what it is. And everything is going to be taken away. His dad, his doctor, everything except his mom is going to be taken from him. And he's going to start to have to make some choices on his own even as he is towing behind him the woman who both loves him and whom he cannot trust because she will never fully disclose what her own manipulative plans are for his future. Right? This, these are all the elements of great drama, and we have all the visual elements of one of the most beautiful films ever. And if we just took this film and crushed it down to an hour and a half, Dune would be 50 times more successful. A lot of times we think if only we had more pages, if only we had more pages, then we could clarify, we could explain more, we could, we could elucidate, we could just make it easier and more accessible. But the opposite is actually true. The audience isn't coming to have things explained to you. The audience is coming to wonder, to connect, to put together the pieces of the puzzle. And if you've got two movies worth of material... You don't have to front load it all at the beginning. You can let us wonder. Concentrate on the drama. Concentrate on externalizing the internal. Concentrate on asking yourself the hard questions. Which of these elements do I really need? And which of them am I only including because they worked in the book? Take your long script and crunch it down. Cut 30% out of it. And you'll notice that it actually gets better. Cut another 30, you'll realize it gets better still. Because when you try to do things as quickly and dramatically as you can, rather than trying to include the audience in every little detail, what happens is you invite the audience to become an active participant in your story, to start to tell the story to themselves. Mm -hmm.
I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Please like and follow for more. And come study with me every Thursday night for free. Writeyourscreenplay.com slash Thursday.